0: Well, good morning. Uh, I hope you're good. Are are you good? All right. Yay. Yay. We're good. That's awesome. Um, If you are a River Ridger, welcome back. I'm glad you guys are here. It is so good to see you this morning. If you are a guest, we welcome you this morning. We're glad that you're here um, hope you come back, hope you enjoy yourself, hope you get something from this time together this morning. We're glad that you gave us a little bit of your time today and, it's, and and so we welcome you here this morning. If you are visiting us online this morning and you're checking us out from a distance, we're so glad that you've done that today as well. We hope that you have a great experience with us. Love for you to come sit with us and join the experience here live with us at some point. My name is Blair. I'm one of the pastors here. So welcome and we're glad that you are here today. We are in week three of a four-week series where we are reconnecting with God this morning. Um, In the first week that we had this series, Andy kicked off for us in the why do we connect with God? It was really great. He gave us four attributes about God's character for us to look at. And then he compared them to four kind of lies or misconceptions that we kind of think about God that aren't just exactly right. One of those that he told us was about this, um, this one. It was that God loves me as long as. And for a lot of us that day, and even today, we can fill in that blank. Like we've been able to fill in that blank. God loves me as long as I'm good enough or that I do enough good. And for, and, and, but, the, but the truth about that is that we learned that day that God doesn't love us as long as. God just loves us. Period. That's it. That's where it ends, right there. God loves us. I've heard the question a few times since then, as we've talked about that a little bit, or even over my time as being a follower of Jesus, I've heard people ask, okay, well, if God loves us, then why do I feel so, I don't know, disconnected from him? Why don't I even feel him? Why don't I sense him? Or why don't I experience this? Like, I kind of believe in him. I, I believe that there is a God. I believe some of these things, they tell you about God, that um, God loves me. I kind of believe that he sent his son to die for the world. Um, but I, I, I just don't feel, I, I don't know, I, I just don't feel, I, I just don't feel connected to him. And I hear other people saying that they feel close to God but I even struggle just to get an idea of what that even means. Like what are they even saying when they're close to God? I think I should feel more than what I feel. I sense him at times, but I don't know. I'm just not sure that I'm feeling what other people are saying that they're feeling when they talk about being close to God. Listen, I want you to hear this morning, I I want you to know, if you're making these statements, I'm so glad that you're here this morning. I really am. I'm glad that you are looking for an answer to some of these questions that you've been thinking. I felt this at times for myself. Uh, I I, I have. Uh, It was neat. On the very first week, I don't know if this is the right word, neat, but Andy asked us, to to raise our hands if you ever felt disconnected from God at some point in some way or another, and the hands went up like crazy. Um, So from that, you can take encouragement to let you know that if you're feeling these things, that you're not alone, that people have been experiencing this, what feels like a disconnect with God, all over the place here. So because of that, we didn't want to just talk about the why do we connect with God, we wanted to talk about the how, we connect with God. And so over the, over the last three weeks of this series, that's what we're doing. We're looking at how do we actually connect with God. Um, there, we believe that we have found that there are three tools that God uses or, or a means or some kind of way to help us connect with him. And so that's what we're talking about in the last three weeks of the series. We're talking about last week we talked about um, Prayer. This week we're talking about people, and then next week we're going to talk about the Bible a little bit. It was funny, though, I was reading this week a little bit as I was preparing for this message and just, you know, having my own time with God a little bit, and I got, came across this verse in Acts. Um, it's called, it's Acts 2.42. And then I was, like, trying to see this, and I got a little excited about because I read this. And, and, and so, and they, they being the earliest church, they, this group of people, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and the prayer, and to prayer. And I got really excited and I was like, whoa, look at this. And I ran and found Andy during the week and I was like, Andy, check this out, look at this. I was like, look, how cool is this? This is what we're talking about in the series. This is, this is it. The early church devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, which is essentially the Bible. Um, they devoted themselves to... Fellowship and the breaking of bread, which is essentially people, and they devoted themselves to prayer, which is well, prayer, I mean, those are the same words, so same thing. Uh, and, and I was like, I was expecting Andy to come back with, yeah, that's why we planned the series that way, and, but he didn't. And I was like, look at this, River Ridge. We, we accidentally landed on it. How cool is that? We got it right. It was so cool. I was laughing at him, and uh, he, we, were, we had a nice time with it. It wasn't as exciting for you as it was for us. But <laughs> we, we, we got really excited that we were like, hey, we did it right. We just accidentally knew what we were supposed to do. Um, but I want to make something really clear before we get too far along talking about these things, that these things that God uses, these tools that he uses to connect with um, him, these aren't things we do so God will love us. Can I make that real clear? His love isn't conditional on, on what we do or what we say. We can't fill in that blank that said, God loves me as long as I pray. God loves me as long as I read the Bible. God loves me as long as I, I, I get together with people because that's not what it is. These are means for us to connect with God. They are tools that God has given us. They are tools that can help us to connect with God the very first time and they're tools that will help us to know God even more. If if I'm feeling disconnected with God, if I'm making those statements that I don't feel close to God, I, I would like to suggest that it's probably because we're lacking or disconnected in one of these three ways, though. One of these three tools is not, is not happening. If you missed either of the last two weeks of this series, I would really, really encourage you to go on riverridge.org, go listen to the messages. Track with it for sure, especially the first one that talks about the why we connect with God and a lot of those misconceptions about why we're not connecting with God. And then check out last week's on prayer and then come back next week and hear Chad close out this series with us as we talk about how the Bible connects us with God. This week, though, we're actually looking at how we need fellowship, or, or what that word was used in there in Acts 2.42, or people, how we need people in order to connect with God. We're going to look at how God uses basically three levels, or, or maybe a better word of saying is layers of people, in order to connect with us. Man, as we, as we talk about people that have had impacts on our lives, I'm sure lots of people for you, if you're sitting here, have, are starting to run through your mind. People that have helped you along the way. Uh, most of us can say that we've, we've been lucky enough to have some of those people in our lives. People that have kind of shown us the next step for us or shown us which way we should go. People that we just do life with from time to time. Personally, I can say that, you know, I am so thankful for the people that are in my life. I am grateful, completely, completely blessed to have my wife Carol in my life. You know, I can look at her walk with God and I can be encouraged by the fact that she gets up every single morning and connects with God in a way. And it challenges me and it encourages me to be about the same thing. I can look at the people, the guys that I've had in my life that have done life with me for a long number of years, people like my brother-in-law, Chris, who we've done life together. I I have a group of guys that I actually get together with at 6 a.m. on Friday mornings, a bunch of guys that we come together and we encourage each other and challenge each other to go further in our walk. And we talk about the things that we struggle with, people that have helped me take steps in my journey. And I have my Thursday night home group that we get together and, 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 and really encourage each other and open up things together and, and during this time that we might be on different different uh, places in our journey with God, but we come together in encouraging each other to help each other move forward along. And so I have lots of people that I'm really blessed to have in my life that I can point to that can help me connect with God. There might be some of us in here or a couple of us that, that kind of think about people and they don't think about them in the same way though. When I think about people, I don't think about them helping me. People are messy, especially as we get kind of older in our life. People people change and we change and we kind of clash with each other in a lot of times. We have feelings and sometimes those feelings get hurt and generally it's because of some other person that my feelings get hurt. In fact, I'd say some of our biggest problems, we would probably point to it was some other person who affected us in that kind of way that made us have that problem. I might look at it and say, my boss did this today, can you believe he did that? And I might say, you know, my best friend, or should I say my ex-best friend, was talking about me to one of our other friends. Or I might say, you know, that kid over there, he is so mean to my kids. See, we have had relationships with people. If if it wasn't for these people, then I'd be doing pretty well. The truth is, is that many of us have been burned by people inside of here, inside of the church. I, I can honestly say that I, in, in my time in the church, I have had been negatively impacted by other people in the church with me. In fact, one of the biggest... Uh, problems people have with maybe even coming to a church for the first time is because they will say that it's full of a bunch of hypocrites a bunch of people who say one thing but do another and look way different than what they act like people make it hard for me to see God sometimes we might say and isn't the relationship with God a personal relationship anyways what do I need people for this morning, I want to address that question just a little bit. I want to look at this. I want to talk about what God says about the role of people in our lives. But before we do that, I want you to hear something really, really significant. At least I think it's significant. And since I'm up here, you got to think it is too. Um, God does want a personal relationship with you. No doubt about it. But God does not doesn't only want a personal relationship with you. Now, wait a minute, Blair, that doesn't sound right. What what are you talking about there? Well, let's have a look at this. Let's look at the very beginning uh, of what was going on. See, God uh, made the first person, his name was Adam, um, Adam had God all to himself. He was spending all of his time with, with God. He is deeply connected to God as possible. He doesn't have to worry about the responsibilities of taking care of another person. He doesn't have to run out and go get milk in the middle of the night. He doesn't have to get a call from his boss to say, you're going to stay on Friday. He doesn't have to deal with uh, the principal calling home to say that your kid is here kind of thing. He doesn't have to deal with any of these things, right? He should be in a perfect place. This should be exactly the greatest thing ever. And he can just meet with God. But then God says this about it in Genesis 2.18. He says, it is not good for man to be alone. And when we first read that, we're like, oh, that makes sense. That's good and everything. But Adam wasn't alone. Adam had God. He wasn't alone at all. Why would he need anyone else? God said it wasn't good and you need other people. You're not meant to just be here with me. I'm going to make you a partner. We often reference this passage when we're talking about marriage. We we talk about it usually during that point and rightfully so. But it's not just about marriage. Marriage is one significant way we connect, but the larger principle is true for everyone from this. we need other people in our lives. Look at this one there's a, a different part uh, a promise he he gives to uh, that God has given to Moses here and if you 're not familiar with the story God has was telling Moses that he wanted him to be his spokesperson for a group of people called the Israelites, and he had come to to he, he was hearing um, these people who were being enslaved in Egypt and they were beaten up and they were getting hurt and they were crying out for help rescue us to, to God. And and so God wants Moses to go and tell these people that he loves them and that he has a plan for their lives. And Moses is not sure how to go about this though. He didn't know what he's supposed to do? Like, why are these people going to all of a sudden listen to me? And so he asked God, what am I supposed to say to them? So God tells him, "Tell, tell them this, I will take you as my own people and I will be your God. I will take you as my own people. This isn't a promise from God to have individual personal relationships with each of the people that are in Israel. This is God saying, I wanna make you into a nation. I want you to be my people. God desires a personal relationship with each of us. He does, and he wants to be in a personal relationship with him. But whenever God reconciles an individual, a person, he always, 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 whenever God invites you into a relationship with him, he always brings you into a fellowship. He always brings you into a community of other people who also know him. So what does that look like for us? What what does this mean for us? Well, this morning, I want to look at three levels, three layers, three types of people that God uses to connect us with him. And then we'll just kick right into it. The first one here is that God establishes the crowd to make the connection with me. If uh, if you know me at all, uh, you will know that I am a Marshall fan. Um, and that word fan does not do justice to what I am. So it's not meant to be divisive this morning. Everybody chill out. Everybody's 2-0. You don't have to worry about it. Okay, relax. Um, your 2-0 looks better than our 2-0. I'll give you that. But I don't care. We're 2-0. And... O. Um, and My crew has had season tickets ever since they stopped giving us free student tickets. And we have been there, we don't miss home games. And I mean, we don't miss them. If it is snowing, we are sitting there. my son, Isaac, is, is nine now, and I, he was trying to tell me how many years he's had them. So uh, since uh, 2013, I think he's had his season ticket or whatever, and he does not miss a game. He, he's there confused why people are leaving in the middle of this game, uh, because we don't do that. Uh, in fact, we usually go to one or two away games as well. Um, we make that part of our, our year thing and uh, a couple of us will go or I'll take Isaac and we'll go kind of thing. Um, and so we go to one or two away games every year. Another thing about me that makes this story make sense is that I have become accustomed to parking for free. I, I, I do not like to pay for parking. It bugs me to pieces. And so I do everything I can to avoid paying to park. Um, and so that plays itself out sometimes on these away games when we're traveling to away games. I will know how to get to the, to the field. I'll know how to get to the stadium. Um, but by the time I drive around enough side streets and go into residential areas looking for this street parking, I've got myself a little bit confused by where the stadium is. I don't know where it is anymore. Um, so that becomes a problem. But I saved my $8 and I'm not giving it to them. But what I've learned over my time as being a seasoned vet of a traveling fan is that I've learned that you can watch the crowd. You can figure out which way the crowd is going and the crowd knows how to get to the game, right? And so you can just jump in with the crowd and follow them along. Um, I, I, in fact, I have done this, I, I don't know how many times, enough times where I can say that I've done it and it has never let me down. I have got to the stadium every single time using this method. The crowd has never led me to the wrong game. I have never been taken to the wrong game. I have followed the crowd and they take me to the right game. Um, as I'm walking with them in the crowd, I'm, I'm getting the benefit of what they know. You know, I'm getting the benefit of what they have what, what they already know about this. Um, at, In particular, I give even a little bit more weight to the people that are wearing the home team clothes, right? That that they know this is their world, I'm just following them in it. So I'll just follow them, they know a little bit more about this. And every time it gets me to the ballpark. I might even, while I'm walking with them, kind of listen into what they're saying. Now, uh, that's eavesdropping, and that's supposed to be a bad thing, but it benefits me sometimes. So I'll be kind of listening to see what they might have to say. they might talk about anything, but they might talk about what they're going to eat in the next hour or so. And so if they're talking about what they're going to eat in the next hour, I'm going to get the benefit of what they know because they've been to the stadium. I've never been there. I don't know what the food tastes like. They do. They've been there. They've experienced it. They know what's good and what's not, what's not good. And so I'm listening up because that'll be helpful for me. They have personal experience that I don't have. Now, what's great about this whole thing while I'm walking in the crowd here is that I don't have to say a single word. I, I don't have to talk to them at all. I could just get to travel along with them. Um, I don't even need to know what their name is. It doesn't really matter to me. I don't have to know how many kids they have or if they're, it, what, what they do for a job or whether they're any good at their job. I, I, it doesn't really matter. What I need to know about them is that they're going the same place I'm going, and they know better how to get there than I do. And that's enough. That's all I need to know about them. And I feel like for a lot of us, that's kind of how we get started in our Christian journey. Like we get this inkling or this idea that we think there is a God of some sort. And we have this feeling that maybe there's a way, if, if possible, that I could connect with him. I don't have any answers myself. I don't have any personal experience. So we find people who are going a certain direction and we jump in with them. Church seems to be a good place for that a lot of times. People will end up showing up here at church because there's a bunch of people that are coming here and they look like they're getting the same place I want to go. And they look like the home team. They're wearing the jerseys that match up with the home team. So I'll go and check out what they have to do. And so I'll just follow them for a little bit. And then what happens for a lot of people, and this is incredible, it happens for a lot of people, they come and they find the destination they were looking for. They find a connection with God. And as a result of that, their life becomes changed. They hear the good news message. They hear the truth about who God is. They hear the truth that God loves them. They hear the truth that God sent his son to die for them. They hear this truth, and as a result of it, they want to accept that and be a part of that, and so they do, and their life changes as a result of it. So when you walk into singing here on a Sunday morning, that's what you're seeing a lot of times. God uses the gathering of people together to connect people to himself. And that's what happened. When people see other people connecting with God, they want it too. So on Sunday mornings we gather, we come together, we celebrate who we are in Christ and, and we celebrate the idea of this is who we are and that we challenge each other to be this, to be the light of the world, a city set on a hill. A light to the world. We the church are the light of the world. Individuals who read this passage and only hear the challenge to be a light themselves, to be a in light individually, miss something about what's being talked about here. See, Jesus was setting up a new kingdom, he was issuing a new way of doing things. He said, A city on a hill, not a single citizen, he said, A city. This is what God was foreshadowing with Moses and the Israelites. See, Jesus is saying, you're going to be my people. When others see you, they're going to see a new way of doing things. They're going to see a new order. A city of unified people in cities around the world, wherever you go. A people that come together and look different. See, I never created you to be an island to yourself. The Christian life was always meant to be a family. When we get together to celebrate our adoption into that family, to, together as one big family, when a person joins that fellowship and sees that, they can't seem to help themselves but to be like the church in Ephesus that says they are singing and making melody to the Lord. Some of us in here have been in the crowd for a long time and we get the feeling that we don't much need Sunday morning anymore. I know as much as those guys up on the stage know anyway, and I don't really find my church, and I can find my church in other ways because really the church is the people, right? So uh, I, I don't need to stress myself out about trying to get here to church every week. And I'll answer that and say, there's a lot of truth in everything you just said there with those kind of statements. But sometimes our role also changes in the crowd, Our role changes when we're a part of the gathering. And we're no longer trying to follow the crowd anymore, but we are the crowd for others to see, to be able to see that experience and know how to get to the connection with God. The the writer of Hebrews addresses this issue in Hebrews 10. And he said, and let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. See, you have experiences that you need to share. You know how to bring people into a deeper connection with God. So if you're feeling like it isn't necessary for you to be here, you are the church. You are the crowd. You are the gathering of the people. This this passage, pull that back up real quick again. This passage isn't directed at the pastors necessarily. This, this direction is for one another. See those? Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds, as is a habit of some, but encouraging one another. See, we, all of us, the church, are called to point people to good works. And we do that in the gathering as we come together on Sunday mornings. Layer one of how God uses people or types of people, but the layer that he first uses a lot of time is, is that God establishes the crowd to make the connection to him. One of the greatest benefits uh, of Sunday morning is you can come and check us out for a long time. You can, come, you can come follow for a while. You can come be here and be in the crowd. And you don't have to say anything. You don't need to ask questions, Uh, you can just listen, you don't have to join the team necessarily, you don't have to pretend like you're on the home team. You can connect with God by just watching the experience of others that are here. But I'll say that connection point will only get you so far. And so God gives us a second layer of people, a set of people that we know and that know us individually. And so layer two is, is that God uses a second connection point. And layer two is God uses intentional community to get personal with me. One of the things is that as I'm quietly following in the crowd to the stadium when I go, I'm hearing only what they want to talk about. So even if I'm doing a good job of eavesdropping as as a good person should. Um, I'm only getting the benefit about what they're talking about. So if they're sitting around and as we're walking there, they're talking about the TV show that they watched last night, then that's nice. Maybe I can use that kind of information later on when I get back home. I'll be like, well, I'll check it out. I don't know what else to watch. I'll check out that TV show they were talking about. But if I'm interested in hearing about what, um, what food is in the stadium and they're not talking about it, I'm not gonna hear about it, right? This is why we have Ridge Groups here. This is why we talk about getting connected with each other a lot. And we know we do it. We do it often because we know of the benefit of it. Because we really believe that you need to be able to ask certain questions. You need people to know you personally, to know things about you in order to help you. See, um, we're all on a journey with God, but we're in different spots on that journey. And as the church, we desire to help you take next steps with that journey. And for us to help you to take that next step a lot of times, you're probably going to need to make yourself known. You can make it so far as being a part of the crowd with a connection with God, but there's a certain time where you need to say, I, I need to be known in order to make a deeper connection with God. Our best opportunity that we have for you for doing that as River Ridge Church is for you to get involved in one of the Ridge groups. Um, if you want to take next steps with God, then you're going to need to involve other people in, in our real lives. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've put a huge focus on redefining what a Ridge group is and what it's supposed to be. And every new group starts kind of in the same place. We let people know that they have a role in the group and what that role is and what's going to make for a successful group. And we, we have this kind of list that we've kind of developed that helps us take people to the next deeper connection with God. And so these groups, they, they have three goals for the group. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on them. But the first one is that you show up. It's pretty simple. Uh, you just show up and you got to be there and be a part of the group. The second one is that you join in. So I can go somewhere and not be involved. And a lot of us have done that here. We can hide in the crowd for a long time. So if, if you want to be known you have to start joining in and then the third one is is that you need to be real um, what I mean by that is is that you can come and participate and give a fake you to everybody that's there and you're probably not going to make a deeper connection with that with 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 God as a result of that what I mean by that is that you can be there you can you can answer some questions but if I give people a presentation that I'm here with God and I'm really here with God, then I can't really grow because as I take a step forward, I haven't made it to the fake me that I've presented for everybody to know about me in order for them to even know that I'm growing. So I still haven't even lived up to that yet. So being real is a significant part of it, but we show up, we join in, we be real. And this is what is happening in most Ridge groups. And if we're consistently getting together and if I'm involved in what's happening with the group and I'm honest with where I am, then God is going to make me, help me to take next steps with him. It just naturally happens that way. He's going to use these people to help me step towards him. They're going to be able to share their experiences. And as a result of that, they're going to uh, help me. They're going to give me an opportunity to ask my questions that I have that are personal to me. These people are going to know what I'm struggling with. And they're going to know how to encourage me as the day approaches, as that verse says. I want to tell you that there is a ton, a ton of prayer and prep work that goes into every message that we say on a Sunday morning up here. Each week, someone is spending a huge amount of their time during that week preparing for what they're going to say. They're looking through the Bible to figure out how they understand these passages that we talk about. They're listening to other pastors talk about these particular passages. They're spending enormous amounts of time prayer, praying that God's word would get into our hearts and that it would change us as a result of that. Andy spends a considerable amount of time looking uh, looking for the next series of what series to do that would help us as a church and when to do that series and what it would be the most important time to do that but the thing about that is is that if you have a particular question or struggle you can't stand up on a Sunday morning and voice it on Sunday morning you you can't say "Hey, hey hey wait stop up there I got a question and you know I want you to answer this so you need a place where you can voice those kind of questions and to be a part of that and so we believe that the best place to do that is in a Ridge group. And so over the next couple of weeks, we're going to have an opportunity for you to get into a group if you're not into one. Um, a bunch of us will be out in the lobby right after each of the services this morning. We'll be out around the fireplace, and we'll, we'll answer any questions you might have about being in a, in a group and what that might look like. What does being in a group mean? What am I committing to? What do I need to know? Anything you want to ask about a Ridge Group, we'd love to answer those questions. So come and ask it. Um, We'll be right in front of the fireplace. If you're ready to sign up and get registered to get plugged into a group, because now I realize I need people in my life and I need to be known and this is what it's going to take kind of thing, then we can help you get registered and signed up for a group. And so we're going to do that over the next two weeks. Or if you're ready right now and you're interested in getting plugged in and you didn't know this was an opportunity to do that, you can get on the River Ridge Church app. The very first button that's on there is to get into a ridge group. And so you can do that now if you want. After September 16th, we'll start filling out these groups a little bit. Uh, you'll get contacted by either the group leader or me and I'll, I'll let you know um, when and where the first group will be. Uh, all you need to know is, is that for you to be there, all you need to do is to show up to join in and be real. If those things are still a little confusing to you, these these three different things that we're talking about, don't worry about it. We'll talk about them for the first couple of weeks in every group that we start. For most of us, when we let people into our lives, we see our biggest growth in our spiritual journey. It's just the way it is. God designed it that way. For a lot of people, though, this is the toughest step to go from not talking to anyone and not being known to being known. That is a huge step for a lot of people. It seems like we're kind of invading your space a little bit or something, and I could see that. But the truth is, if you want to take a step with God, you cannot do that and remain hidden from people. God designed it for people to be a necessary part in our spiritual journey. One of our River Ridgers in Charleston actually had just gone through this experience just not, not that long ago, and she wanted to share her story with us to encourage us a little bit. And so check out this video and see what she has to say about it.
1: Hi, my name is Jennifer Tharp and I've been coming to River Ridge for about five years. For the first several years, I just came on Sunday mornings. I liked the worship, I liked the sermons, my children loved the kids ministry, but I didn't get involved and I only talked to a few people. A little over a year and a half ago, I went through a difficult time in my life. I was searching for answers and feeling very much alone. God sent me my answer in the form of a Ridge group. I took a risk and attended a women's retreat. Stacy sat and sat with me and made me feel really welcome. It was the women from that weekend that made me realize just how much I needed to be around like-minded people. I needed community. Right after the retreat, Stacy started a Ridge Group. I had never been in a group before, but I decided to step outside my comfort zone and join the Ridge Group. It was a game changer for me. Being in the Ridge Group has given me support and community I needed. The women have helped me to get through some difficult times and have encouraged me to continue to grow in my faith. I love the women in my rich group. Each one of them has made a positive impact on my life.
0: See, Jennifer's story is kind of a common one we hear around here for most most of us. Uh, I get connected to God through the crowd, through the gathering of people, Uh, but I stay uninvolved. Until I can't get my questions answered, or that I have struggles that I don't know how to how to go any farther, then I need help. So I get plugged into a group of people who will circle up around me and help me. Paul actually addresses this with a group of people in what happens when when that goes on in uh, in Colossians three, and he said, "And above all of these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony." And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Letting the word of Christ dwell in us, so we can teach and admonish one another As God shows each of us new insights about himself, we come together and teach each other. That's what happens in group. We admonish, we'll warn each other of possible pitfalls that we've dealt with and that have hurt us in the past. And as we do this, we will have thankfulness in our hearts to God. My connection with God increases because other people are in my life and they share those things with me. Some people might be saying, but that that hasn't really been my experience in group. You might be one of those people that say that that's not been your experience as a result. I tried a group and it wasn't like that. Um, Some might say, I'm in a group right now and it isn't like that, to be honest. I want to say this with as much grace as I can. Hear this with as much sensitivity. That group needs a refresh then. Um, And so if you're in one of those groups, we want you to take take next steps. And if that isn't happening in your group, something needs to change. And the first place I would start with any of those people who are in one of those types of groups is how are we doing with the three goals? How are we doing at showing up, joining in, and being real? Because if you're doing those three things, I really believe God will make that deeper connection with us. Ask yourself, am I doing these three things? You know, personally ask yourself, am I there? Am I actually participating? And when I do, am I being honest with where I am? If I make people think I'm up here and I'm really down here, then I'm not being that real with them. So check your group, see how it's doing in those three areas. The third layer of people that God uses is is that God gives gives me real companions to get seriously deep. Ecclesiastes 4, 9, and 12 talk about this. They say, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls." and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie together, they keep warm, but how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. There are elements of this partnership in all the three different layers that we've talked about, in the crowd, in the in the community, and, and now in the companion that we walk, walk alongside of, but, um, in the crowd in the community, we can see it uh, with other believers. However, there is something different about this layer. This layer is a layer where you aren't just known, but you're accountable for, you're accountable to someone else. Generally, God will use one or two people in this particular way. He'll use two, one or two people in our lives uh, to hold us into that connection. In the crowd, you don't have to be known at all uh, and, and in a group, um, you kind of start to be known, um, but the heart of being in a group is to show up, join in, and be real. The intent behind group isn't to necessarily talk about every deep and dark secret that you have. It's not to share everything that's in my life with everybody that's in the group. God places a couple of people to make a connection with him that will be special, that will help us to know those things that we can share even more with. The the goal of group isn't even necessarily that you find your best friends. Now, that does happen from time to time for sure. You will find people that you really deeply connect with, but that isn't necessarily the goal of the group. The goal of the group is to show up, join in, be real, and to make a deeper connection with God. But when we let a couple of people into these particular areas, these most personal places, God uses it to get seriously deep in us. These people can handle the worst of us. They are confidant. When we fall, they are there. When we need help, they don't need a second text. They're there. God positions these people in our lives to ask the tough questions of us, the questions that no one is comfortable enough to talk about in a, in a small group or in a Bible study. And he also puts them in our lives to push us to become more like Christ. See, there are three layers that God uses, and we don't necessarily graduate from one when we go to the next, but there are three different connection points that God makes for us to connect with him. God uses the the crowd, the big gathering of people to make the connection for the first time with him, and then a lot of times for other people to see that connection and also to celebrate together. God uses a community group, an intentional community of people to get personal with me that help me to, to, to dive into this, to open up and to be known. And then God will use just a couple of people in my life usually to go deep, deep, deep with and to get seriously deep with me. We talk about getting into groups a lot of around here because for most people, the biggest jump for them or the hardest thing for them to do is to go from being unknown to being known. See, to go from being in a group to getting a couple of people that you're deep with doesn't take as big a jump because you experienced it a little bit while you were in group and now you want more of it. The biggest jump is when you go from being unknown to where you get known. And so we talk about that and we spend the most time talking about that because we know the benefit it will have for you. And so if you wanna go deeper with God, this will be a step to do that. And so this morning, I'm just encouraging you to get plugged into a group today because it will make the biggest impact on you. Let me pray for us this morning. God, thanks for loving us so much that you want to connect with us at all and how amazing and crazy that is that a person like us can connect with you, God, a great and majesty that who you are and glorious in all that you do, the creator of all things wants a relationship with us. And God, you use people in order for us to make that connection with you. So this morning, God, I just thank you that you love us to that way. Pray for this week and what you're doing uh, in the lives of, the, of of our groups and in individuals this morning and that you would continue that work, uh, that your name might be praised and glorified as a result of it. Amen. So I just want to say, go out there by the fireplace. Go get plugged into a group. Love you guys.